Business Women Rock, episode 49. Ladies, it's time to rock. Welcome to the Business Women Rock podcast, where we get down and dirty with the world's most incredible businesswomen. Inspire your journey by listening to theirs. And now, here's your host, Katie Kremitzos. What's going on, ladies? Welcome to the Business Women Rock podcast. I'm so excited that you're here today. We're doing something a little different today. So my guest on the show is Vivica Von Rossen, who is a wonderful woman who I had the opportunity to meet on the Tampa Marketers Cruise that we do out of here every year. And she is a LinkedIn expert, and she's absolutely phenomenal. I've seen her speak a handful of times, and I was just fascinated by the information that she knows with LinkedIn. So usually on this show, we, you know, I have a great conversation with these women about their particular business stories. And with this particular show today, Vivica and I are definitely going to talk about a little bit of her history and what she's learned as a business owner, but we really dive into some how-to for LinkedIn which is great because I'm going to share a little secret with you that I kind of suck at LinkedIn. (laughs) And she totally outs me during this conversation. So um, I highly encourage you, even if you think that you know LinkedIn, she really drops a lot of really great stuff that you may not have known and uh, is really quick to share that stuff. So get your notebook ready. If you're driving, get ready to be able to take some audio notes because man, she's got some great stuff. Turn up the volume. The interview starts now. Vivica, thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, gosh, my pleasure to be here. I'm so excited to reconnect with you here. You and I had a chance to meet on our Tampa Marketers Cruise a couple of years ago and last year. You've been a a repeat speaker on that cruise. And the reason that I'm having you on the show is really twofold because, number one, I think you yourself as a businesswoman are incredibly interesting. And I'm so excited to share your story with everyone about how you've become this LinkedIn expert and secondly, oh, yeah, of course. And secondly, your your <laughs> content is amazing. And I figured I want to be very honest with everybody listening up front that I am not very good at LinkedIn whatsoever. <laughs> so, <laughs> so every time I've listened to you, I've been really amazed. And I always walk away going, oh my gosh, I really need to utilize this platform. So I wanted to bring that fire and that <laughs> expert knowledge to every one of the listeners today to be able to make sure that Miss Expert herself is sharing this information about what what everyone can do to really leverage LinkedIn as a super powerful tool because I'm sure that there are some other people out there, perhaps like me, who are just sort of there and not really using it a lot. So thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh, my, my absolute pleasure. <laughs> and by the way, you're not alone. I was just looking at the sign up for a webinar I'm doing tonight and of the people on the webinar aren't even on LinkedIn, and absolutely none of them were making sales through LinkedIn. So, wow. So, you got a lot (laughs) of room to teach there. (laughs) Exactly. Well, before we can really make sure that what you're going to be telling us about LinkedIn really clicks everything, I want to find out more about you personally and about your journey as a businesswoman. So, before Miss LinkedIn Expert ever existed, can you give us a little bit of a business background? Like, where did you come from in business, and how did you really get to this place of being even interested? Interested in LinkedIn. <laughs> Where did I not come from? I'm putting together presentations for a, a speech I'm giving in New Zealand, and part of it's exactly this, my history. And I'm like going, oh my gosh, no one's going to take me seriously, because I am 
I'm a serial entrepreneur and kind of a serious serial business owner, and I'm always kind of in the marketing, speaking, sales area, but I have done everything from I've taught at a university, I have run the marketing program for an education, a youth at risk education program, I have sold cars and medical equipment, I've owned a tax store, horse stuff, I've been a hang gliding instructor and have run a small business office. So Good um, God. yeah. <laughs> so you have a yeah, wealth of experience. <laughs> that, that's one way of putting it. <laughs> so obviously through all of these very peppered and very diverse experiences, yeah. you were really cutting your teeth on a lot of things business. So without delving into every single one of them, can you can you feed us maybe a few major lessons or a few moments in those business experience that really helped shape you as a businesswoman? Sure. First of all, you know, I love being an entrepreneur. It's it's always more work. But, you know, having your own business and the freedom of your own business, I I really enjoyed that. So when I owned the tax store, that was an enjoyable time in my life. I'm a big fan of do what you love and the money will come, but I'm a bigger fan of being able to pay my mortgage. So if you can find, (laughs) you know, if you can find something you love, like the tax store or teaching hang gliding, and you can make a really good living at it, and you do all the planning like you've got to do all the planning. You've got to do all the work behind the work you love. And it's still viable, then by all means do it. But there are sometimes we have to do things like sell cars so that we can work on our businesses on the side so that we can get them to the point where we can launch and completely, you know, be our own boss and, and do what we love. And I'm, I'm ever so grateful. I'm doing exactly what I love to do. Uh, I, I, I mean, my life is, is exactly what I had on my storyboard. So it's it turned out pretty well. But you know, yeah, I've sold cars. I've done some some interesting jobs in my past, but it's knowing what your strengths are and playing to those strengths. And boy, when you get that gut feeling like, oh, I shouldn't do this, even though the money's good, or even though, well, the money's good, <laughs> you, know, you may want to turn it down because every time I've had that gut instinct that I shouldn't do this no matter how good it looks, and I've gone ahead and done it anyway, that's been a a giant mistake. Finally, I'll say invest in yourself, whether it's a decent photo for your LinkedIn profile, whether it's hiring a virtual assistant or two or three, invest in yourself and in your business so that, that so that you truly can focus on what you're good at and represent yourself in, in, a, in a positive professional way rather than just fiddling around with the, the, the sniggly bits. So how did the idea of your business linkedintobusiness.com really start? How did that get formulated and what happened in that first kind of official launch setup period? Sure. So I was, I was doing what I said just said not to do. I was part owner and, and general manager of a, of a virtual office center, which nothing wrong with that. I, I, love, I love that virtual office space. I think it's brilliant, especially for entrepreneurs like me. But I know that I suck at managing people. And not only did I have to manage my employees, but I had to manage our, our customers. And it was, oh my gosh, it was hellacious. So, but one of the things I loved to do was really bring in training and 
and, and really create almost an incubator for our clients. So it was kind of an entrepreneurial incubator. And I would bring in speakers and trainers. And, and I loved also the marketing part of it, especially the face-to-face marketing part. I, I doubled the business in a year just doing face-to-face marketing. So I was doing that. Some of it I was doing really well. Some of it I was doing really badly. But I was doing that when I learned about LinkedIn. And because I'm such a huge fan of face-to-face marketing, and network marketing and you know LinkedIn was was relatively new then Facebook wasn't really around Twitter wasn't around yet so the whole social media marketing thing wasn't even wasn't even a thing yet but I was introduced to LinkedIn and this is I think 2006 and it just made so much sense to me I doubled my business in a year doing face-to-face marketing then what could I do on this just virtual platform that had 7 million people at the time? Maybe it was 12 million. Anyway, not many millions. They hit 300 million today, by the way. Wow. But, um, 300, 300 yeah. million users. Users. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Over that, actually. But yeah, this, this just shows you in seven, eight years how much uh, how much LinkedIn has grown. So I, I jumped on the right horse. There's, there's that. But, and I kept my real job for a while, but... I also was invited by an association that we were a member with to teach and train on LinkedIn and eventually on all social media. And it wasn't too long, maybe a year, 2007, I founded my company. And about the end of 2007, I, uh, I, left, I left my day job and, and took this on full time from teaching and training on, 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 I expanded out to all social media. I've, I've since retracted back to LinkedIn because it's all I can do to keep up with just that, but you really have a business model that's one of expert, consultant, somebody being able to give information about a particular platform or, or area of interest. Can you explain to us your business model? Like how, what sort of components make up your business model? How does your business generate revenue? What kind of clients are you dealing with? All those sorts of things. Sure. The business model in, in being an expert is, I was really fortunate. I got the name LinkedIn expert on Twitter when, when I got into Twitter. And I got it on LinkedIn, and, and, and then I spent the rest of my life proving it. So <laughs> that's the first model. And if you're going to call yourself an expert, be, be prepared to prove it. Uh, personally, I didn't want a marketing agency, PR agency. I didn't want a creative agency. I, first of all, those are not my strengths at all. I have lots of partnerships. That's the one thing is know what you're good at and know what you're not good at and create if, if you if you want to play in a bigger playing field then or a sandbox then find partners or have them find you that expand beyond your own skill set but I am very very focused on my skill set I don't even like doing implementation on LinkedIn I mean I keep getting dragged in because the money is good but really I, I prefer to stay in the training consulting space it's a pretty evenly split pie pie chart between one-on-one consulting with, with my entrepreneurial clients almost at an hourly rate, training my, my corporate price size and association clients, and then um, going out and doing speaking gigs, usually at annual meetings or, or things like that. And, you know, I guess included in that is I do a lot of uh, joint venture stuff with other experts in the field. We do a lot of social media summits and things like that. And so, you know, once you position yourself as an expert, it's not too hard to find people that kind of help fill you out a little bit, to help fill in those areas that you know you need to be working in, but you're really not good at yourself. Or you can just hire those people to do that for you. But I'm really more of a partnership. Let's, let's have it a win-win-win. And, and honestly, it's, it's less of a financial risk doing partnership work as opposed to just hiring people to do all that for you. 
And I want to dig into something that you mentioned there. You mentioned this idea of becoming an expert, putting yourself out there as an expert, and then living up to that. I think that there are so many people who have an area of interest and they know that they're good at it, but maybe they're a little timid about claiming themselves as an expert because, you know, there's definitely a lot of expectation there. There's definitely a lot to follow through with there. What advice would you give to those people who want to be able to sort of have a business being an expert in this, but are maybe a little timid and feeling like they don't know everything that they need to know? Right. I don't even like the name LinkedIn expert, except for it's been really, really good for me and I'll never give it up. But there's a lot of gurus and experts, goddesses and gods and, and, you know, whatever out there. But really, it becomes a case of show, don't tell. So whether it's on your LinkedIn profile or Facebook or Twitter, if you can show your expertise, either in interviews that you do like this, by showcasing your work uh, on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, your website, etc., that's, that's huge. Of course, becoming absolutely essential to these bloggers in platforms or, or, you know, online magazines like Forbes or Quartz or Social Media Examiner, Mashable, becoming absolutely the go-to person for them really helps in positioning yourself. I was lucky early on. I got a couple of really nice placements just because I was early in the field and, and I, I developed a little bit of my name, a name for myself early on. So I made some some great relationships in, in, you know, the media world. Attach yourself to a shining star. I was very fortunate. I I made friends with Mari Smith early. I made friends with Bob Berg early, Greg Wells. There's some some really awesome, uh, Jason Alba. There's some really awesome mentors who really guided me along the way in my career. All of those aspects come together. And and then let me say, especially for the women, because, you know, I, I know I'm generalizing here, but... There's a reason for it. A 